successful entrepreneurs don't make it to where they are today all by themselves. The goal of this segment is to dig deeper into the tricks and shortcuts that our guest entrepreneurs borrowed or stole to help propel them to their own successes. Join our host, Kent Lloyd, the director of Harmon Brothers University, as he asks his guests what they borrowed, or in some cases stole, to grow their business to success. It's the legal kind of stealing, by the way. Poop to Gold presents a brand new segment, Funny Business, hosted by Kent Lloyd. Welcome, guys, to another week of Funny Business, which is a Poop to Gold podcast with Harmon Brothers University. Today, I have with us Sheila Fairhair. Gemma, uh, Sheila, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. I'm excited to get to know you and your story a little bit and share what nuggets you have with the entrepreneurial world. But before we get into that, I always like learning a little bit more about your background. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? So I grew up in Ireland. I don't know if you guys can hear the accent yet or not, but I grew up in Ireland. My childhood was pretty cool. Can't complain. My parents both worked for themselves, so I was kind of an entrepreneurial, even though they were business owners rather than what I consider an entre a true entrepreneur or not you know they, they did the one thing for most of their lives I guess is the difference but had a great childhood father has been always been my best supporter my mom is as well but my father and myself are like kindred spirits and you know new things and doing things so nothing to complain about there tell us a little bit about what you do now and how long has it taken you to get your business to where it is today so what I do now is I help people who run events uh, find sponsors for their events. So events, podcasts, um, anything else, any other assets that they could sponsor. Um, I kind of started by accident. I was in another business with a, um, a good friend of mine and she got recruited by a digital marketer to go run at their events. And when she went in, she was like, you know, I could really help use some help with sponsorship. And I was like, oh, I don't know much about it, but I'll come in and do what I can do. And um, started helping her with sponsorship for uh, one of their events, PNC. And once I kind of got in and doing that, other people saw what I was doing. They asked me to help them. And it just organically kind of grew into a business. And I really like learned as I went, which was kind of scary, but um, it was pretty cool. And then just recently in the last year with COVID, I've kind of pivoted a little bit. I'm now creating products around what I do to teach other people what I do. And one of the big reasons for that is because you know, I get asked all the time, can you help me with sponsorship? Can you help me with this event? And I can't do it all. And I don't really want to grow out a big business of salespeople and you know, sponsorship managers to do that. So this is the way I'm doing it. So we'll see how that works. <laughs> so it's a giant self-help course. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, self-help. Yeah, I guess it is self-help. It's like how to do it. In your business, there's always, there's always somebody doing things better than you, right? There's always things that we can glean from other people around us. Yeah. Um, so we all, we all know the phrase, uh, good artists borrow or, or create on their own, but great artists, they steal and then they, they make it their own. So for your business, what did you steal and how did you put your own spin on it? Um, so a whole bunch of things. Um, like when I first started, finding sponsors was a huge thing for me. It was like, you know, how do you even do that? And in a prior life, I had been a big part of BNI, which is Business Network International. And mm -hmm. I kind of remembered back to when we used to do visitor days to kind of bring more people into the chapter. One of the things that they recommended was follow your checkbook. And I was like, wow. So what about if I follow the checkbook of the person running the event, especially if they're teaching what they, you know, they're teaching what they're um, 
what they do. So that's kind of been a really cornerstone. It's low hanging fruit and um, it's a great way to find like your first few sponsors. So you just follow that checkbook, you call them up, you're already doing business with them. And if it's going to be more of you in the room, they're going to want that. And also there's reciprocity. You're paying them money every month or every year or however often you pay them. So, um, you know, they kind of feel like they have to. So, you know, (laughs) but then just make it worth their while to keep coming back and back. Oh, awesome. Um, so for you and your business, again, you said that you've kept things really small. So how do you achieve efficiency? How do, and how do you stay on the, on the cutting edge of what you do? So what's efficiency? No, just kidding. Um, with a lot of craziness, I try to, um, so it, it is just me, but it isn't. I, so I do have like um, VAs and people who help me. So I try very much to focus on the stuff that I'm good at, which is essentially the relationships, um, this kind of stuff. And then, um, you know, outsource the stuff that I can't do. Like, I'm not great at tech. Um, I have somebody who's amazing at tech and builds out all my funnels and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just I need to know enough to know that they know what they're doing and I know what they're doing, but I don't really need to know how to do it. Right. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I can get that. So we're going to take a little, a little bit of a shift from our normal questions sure. here. How did your burning desire to be home with your kids shape your entrepreneurial career? It's the whole thing. I mean, my kids are in everything I do. So, you know, the the beginning of that, as I ha- I was working, my, so my background is I have a degree in biochemistry. I was working in biotech. So, you know, totally like this. I was, um, after I had my first child, her name is Ashling. She's actually going to be 25 this month, which just is blowing my mind because I'm like about 26 or 27 myself. So I don't know how that worked out. But <laughs> when I had her, I was, um, you know, I had postpartum depression. I was sitting one day in this like shabby Italian robe, like watching TV and an infomercial came on about, um, you know, you could start your own business. And if you paid like 10 bucks for a ticket, went to the hotel and they were going to present four different businesses that you could do. So I, I like jumped out of the chair. I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's that's what we need to do here. You know, so I bought two tickets for myself and my dad, who was, my parents were staying with me, you know, first grandchild they were you know uh, all in which is great and we went there and it was the first time I'd seen kind of like a seminar kind of um, you know all the it, like I was very skeptical about it but you know they had the whole like you know I have five dollars who will pay me a dollar for my five dollars and went up to a hundred dollars and we're sitting there going oh, this is so cheesy but what had happened you know so we went and we left and um, but what happened was we had a conversation on the way home in the car And he was saying to me, so what do you want to do? And I was like, all I know is I want to be able to be there for my kids whenever they need me. I want to be home, but I also want to be working. But I can't do that working for someone else. I don't want to be asking for days off or calling and say any of that. And he talked to me about a guy who he was friends with in California who did toner remanufacturing, which is this is back in 1996 when that kind of wasn't a thing. And he's like, I think you should do that. And I was like, why would you think I should do that? That's an awful idea. But I kind of listened to him and we ended up going over there. I spent like a week with this guy and learned everything, came back and just started calling up accountants because I figured they're probably printing a lot of tax returns. So they probably need a lot of toner. And, you know, the business just started from there. I ran it for about eight years, ended up actually selling it to a competitor. Um, But it's, you know, really like I really feel like the business is there to support you, not the other way around. So you have to build your business in a way that it's going to support whatever lifestyle you want, because otherwise you're just buying yourself a job. I just, uh, you know, it was great. It was a lot of a lot of learning curves. But um, like, like I said, I was there at another job two years later. So I have two girls and I was there for the soccer matches and the ballet recitals and the school lunches and whatever else I needed to be there for. So that was pretty much it. I guess you kind of cover this a little bit, but when you're looking for working at home options, 
What are the most vital things that you look for? So the vital thing, a couple of things, like it's, it has to be something that I like and that I can be good at. So even if there's a learning curve, but something that's, that's kind of natural for me, I don't want to try and like, you know, push a square peg into a round hole to learn something that's just like, so I said that I wasn't great at tech. I definitely wouldn't be the person you call to build your websites. It's like, that's not going to happen. It would take me a million years and it would be awful. Um, but it just, you know, just something I'm excited about, um, the whole kind of, you know, the way some things you do and you're just good at doing them and it's just unconscious to, mm. to if you can find something like that, then you're golden. It's like, you, you'll never, you never really work. You do work, but you don't really feel like you're working. Right. Right. I don't know if that even makes sense, but it's just no, no, like finding your talent it. and going for that. So what role has mentorship and personal development played in the success of connected sponsors? A ton, a ton. So I'm all into personal development. I'm constantly listening to books, listening to, you know, I follow people following podcasts. Sometimes it's just like a small nugget to hear something or get something out of, uh, you know, that maybe other people mightn't have even heard. And it's like, it's life changing for you. It's like little hinges will swing big doors. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, like, I feel like when I started out, I had the business as in BNI, I actually met somebody who was my business partner for years, um, actually from Framingham, <laughs> believe it or not, he lives in California now, we joined a Robert Allen course, we we're both interested in real estate. And at one point, Robert Allen said something that like stuck with me forever. And it's like one of those things that maybe nobody has even heard. But he said, you know, you just find somebody who can't market themselves, and mm. do it for them and take 10%. And that's kind of what I've, I've, done throughout my life you know the sponsorship I've done um, JV management affiliate programs run my own events my own companies that kind of stuff but it's always been you know like one business that I started up was basically that I uh, we used to run real estate events and a gentleman showed up who was absolutely brilliant I mean a mind like you wouldn't believe but didn't really know how to kind of bring it to the next step and and go out and market that and we created a product around him and you know, had the whole info business of, you know, boot camps and all the rest of it. And it, it was just, it was great, you know, so it's just having the opportunity to do something like that. Again, it comes easily to me and, you know, something he didn't know was, you know, the stuff he teaches about would not come easily to me and be like, so lost. So you mentioned that you were, you've been reading books. What's one of the most recent books that you've read and what's uh, a nugget that you remember from it? Okay, so I have been reading a ton of Russell Bronson's books. Um, mm. And when I say reading, it's actually an audible. So I, um, I, when I decided that I was going to make the products and, you know, get things going, I had an idea of how to do it, but I wasn't like, I didn't have a, a great idea of what I was going to do. Um, and actually, I ended up doing something very different through the stuff that I've learned from Russell Bronson. He's been amazing. But mm. um, I would, every time I drive, I'd have one of his three books on audio um, just in the car. So it was like listening to it over and over and over again, which has made like a huge change too. Because sometimes you, you come in, you have this like narrow idea of, of what you think you want to do. And then you start hearing things. It's like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. So I love that. Why should entrepreneurs be leveraging strategic partnerships and sponsorship to grow their businesses? Believe it or not, an easy thing to do. So like, if we just look at sponsorship, um, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's like a three-way thing. So if we do look mm. at, um, if we're just looking at an event that's in a ballroom, like a typical thing that we used to have before COVID and hopefully we'll get back pretty soon. When you bring in sponsors, they're bringing to the event owner, they're bringing in revenue, but they're also bringing in some amazing resources for their students. So again, if they're teaching what they do, 
their students are in the ballroom, they're learning all these great things. And then they walk out into like a world of resources for themselves that they can just, you know, become really, really successful. So there's the event owners adding huge value to the event just by having the sponsors there, having the resources there for his students. Um, he's also able to do a much better event because now it's not costing him an arm and a leg and the sponsors are winning as well. So it's, it, it's cliche, but it's a total win-win-win situation. I think people don't think like that. Um, sometimes they don't see the connections or the potential connections with each other and things that they could do and things they could collaborate on. Um, and I think, you know, if, if they did see that, I think they, they would possibly do much better. And also they need to come at it from a place of abundance. It can't be that, you know, this guy could steal some of my stuff or, you know, it's competition or anything like that. There's, there's plenty out there for everyone. So Fair enough. I like that mentality. It's a, it's a, it's an abundance mentality. I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So how has automation and outsourcing allowed you to grow even faster? Um, so outsourcing definitely has allowed me to go even faster, just in terms of, again, the things that I'm not good at. Um, and the things that I'm not good at are probably part of the automation as well. Like, I mean, just building out funnels, building out things that work. I'm actually, God help me, but tomorrow I have eight interviews with people to do uh, Facebook ads for me because I started trying to do that myself and I can't. So wow. it's, it's like every 15 minutes tomorrow, it's going to be a tough day, but I need to find someone to help me with that as well. So it, it's again, like I, I want to know kind of a, a at a strategic level, like a high level, what's going on. I don't need to know the tactics, so let somebody okay. else deal with that. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you just, you just got to throw money at stuff rather than time, you know? How has leveraging relationships and networking allowed you to grow faster? By doing, trying to do something on your own, it, it can take you a lot longer. So, you know, for example, um, even this, like I'm on this podcast now because of um, somebody I know who sent a text saying that you guys were looking for someone to interview. So I went through the thing and I'm here. I would never have met you otherwise. You know, you're the guy who created the purple ads. I mean, I'm just kind of a little bit in awe right now. <laughs> I, you know, we'd have never met before. And who knows where, where this may go or may not go. But it's like you, just getting out there and meeting people. And especially as an entrepreneur in general, can be very isolated. Because, you you know, you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of people who kind of get you and you can talk to. With COVID, it's even worse. Like, you, you're totally isolated now. I can't go to a mastermind with a lot of me's in it and and they get me straight away you know i'm still talking to family going what are you doing why are you doing that why would you pay for ads on facebook that's crazy like why are you wasting your money you know so it's just you just gotta i, I feel like you really have to get out there and network and just have build that for yourself absolutely uh obviously we believe in the same thing otherwise we wouldn't be doing the podcast um exactly, exactly. and i'm glad you do it <laughs> yeah okay now what kind of businesses would be your ideal customer so my ideal customer at this point is um, somebody who's running events and wants to, you know, build it up and, and enhance it with sponsors. Um, it's probably not going to be the event owner because they're probably not going to go and do the work to get sponsors. It's probably going to be some of their staff members. But that's kind of the ideal person for me. So someone who's, you know, thought about doing sponsors, has seen something like TNC with their 150 sponsors and gone, wow, I wish I could have this. I'm not promising that either. But um, somebody who, who just wants to, to grow out and do a little bit better with what they're doing. What has been one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome to date? And what did you do about that? So the biggest challenge, um, so I did have a business, it was a real estate business, and we were purchasing apartment buildings. So there was five of us in this group purchasing apartment buildings. 
Um, the year was 2008, so I don't really probably have to elaborate too much more. Um, I, I personally lost a lot when that kind of fell apart. Um, so I lost, lost a lot of physical stuff. I ended up losing my house. I had to declare bankruptcy. It was, it was a whole mess. But what I really lost and took me a long time to get back was my mojo. So I used to be like kind of a little bit badass. I'd make decisions like that and just go and never look back. And for several years after that, I'd be like, Oh, I don't know, should I do this? Should I not do that? And I just like, I'd lost that mojo. And that was kind of the hardest thing to get back. And I'm not sure exactly, to be honest, how it did come back. I think it just did. That was a very tough time because it was also, it, it spread out over years because we were in litigation and there's just so much going on. So it wasn't just like, oh, I had a bad day on Monday, but now it's Tuesday and I'm good again. It was like, okay, we've just had a really bad four years. When is this going to start? Stop. I mean, so yeah, that, that was a difficult thing to come back from. And, and even today, sometimes I'm just kind of, you know, I second guess and I doubt and, you know, I hate that. I just want to be, you know, just do it. No, I can understand that. It, 2000, 2008 was rough for almost everybody. For pretty much everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no blame there. What is your biggest challenge today in the business that you're facing? The biggest challenge, I guess, is uh, I feel like it's not going fast enough. So I feel like I've, I've kind of built the product, I've built the funnel, and I'm like, why don't I have a million people like swarming in here to do it? So, so that can be challenging, but I'm also... I don't think I've ever been as engaged in doing something as I am with this. So, you know, whereas it's a challenge, it kind of isn't either. It's just like, you know, working through it and figuring it out. So Now, where should people go if they want to learn more about you and, and what you do? Yeah, so they can go to connectedsponsors.com, um, which is a website. And then if I'm on Facebook at Connected Sponsors, um, I have a page there that I post a lot. Um, that's probably the best place if you want to hit me up and chat there. I'm happy to chat with anyone. I, I love talking with people and, you know, spitballing ideas and stuff like that. So definitely reach out. I'd love that. Well, Sheila, thank you so much for being on our show today. For all those of you at home, please like and share with your friends and then subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to HarmanBrothersUniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.